glad that you've been doing your show for such a long time as well because sometimes you need a, a, a an escape route to go, you know, man, to, to, to get away of uh, life as we see it as it is now. So I want to commend you, you know, for at least giving somebody else another place to go, you know, man, because we all really, truly need it. We are essential yeah, workers. Uh, as thank say. you. Thank you. I commend you for doing the same thing. Uh, uh, your platform provides a, a spot for many talented artists, you know what I'm saying, to, to tell their story. Um, you know, and you've been doing it 11 years, man. Congratulations on that longevity. Um, a lot of guys, they start these podcasts and they're done after, shit, a few episodes, you know. Um, it's hard to do, man. Uh, from your perspective, Tweed, uh, what are the obstacles of keeping a show like this running for so long? Well, the only obstacles I've actually ran into is like a, a radio host's nightmare is when you promote the act and then the act doesn't show up. I've had that happen to me twice in 11 years. And I'm even going to say their name. I don't even give a damn right about now. Uh, Peebo Bryson stood me up. I had a run-in with Al B. Shore, and Curtis Blow stood me up. But Curtis Blow uh, made it back up to me and came back to the show, so that worked out. But it, oh. it's kind of funny. To, it's kind of funny to to say that for the simple fact that when I was in the rap business, you know, I knew all of these rappers and all of this. Never had a beef at all with, with nobody, and then I started doing R&B music on the show, and me and Al B. Shore was beefing. So I, I thought that was like truly funny to me, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The irony in it, you know, um, you know, but, uh, you know, you, you don't do the rap stuff no more and you're solely focusing on this, which, uh, you know, you, I commend you. You had a great rap career. Um, the only thing I, I wanted to say of, of, about your rap career tonight was, um, you know, what I'm saying easy. He was pioneering uh, before he passed in radio. He was actually going to own his own station. Uh, Greg Mack was telling us. Um if he was here today, do you think 93.2 FM might be on on a ruthless radio station somewhere? Yeah, I actually, I truly, I truly believe that. Yeah, I honestly do. And uh, what's even ironic, I actually, R&B music has been a passion of mine for forever. Even when I was a rapper, I grew up listening to, to uh, old school R&B music. So I wish I would have done it earlier way earlier, you know, because I made an impact in such a short time. This has really been truly phenomenal. A lot of people don't know this, but uh, once Art LeBeau knows who you are and Kevin Slow, Jim and James, you know, for those who know either of those names, you might want to Google. Those are pioneers that have been in radio for over 50 years. So for them to even know who I am, considering they don't even know I'm a rapper, you know, uh, is a complete honor, you know, and man, I've been inducted into the National uh, Hall of Fame for radio announcers, and it's like, wow, that's kind of cool as hell, considering that I'm this little kid from South Central L.A., that new lowrider oldies. So, I mean, I made a big impact. I'm very proud of that, and I've interviewed over 85% of everybody that's been on TV One Unsung. So that's a milestone within itself. That's what separates my show from a lot of other podcasts. 
I'm I'm truly uh, excited about every episode that I can do. I'm more and more excited about every artist that I book. I just I just uh, interviewed Patrice Russian. For those of you who know about R&B music, she's not only legendary but she's brilliant, and she gives back to the community as well. And prior to her, I interviewed Dion Warwick. And for those that know about Dionne Warwick, she's like Diana Ross status, you know, Shaka Khan status. She was there before both of them. So, I mean, I've been blessed enough to interview some prominent R&B people. And as they say, we ain't getting no no younger, and a lot of these old stars are passing away. So uh, it's been a privilege to have caught them, to let them tell their story, you know, before they uh, – Go and uh, be with the Lord. So it's a blessing. Yeah, that that's been the biggest blessing for me is to be able to have you know people like DJ Ready Red or Fresh Kid Ice, um, Jerry Heller tell their stories. You know, um, that's it's a huge uh, huge honor to be able to have that type of a platform to do that. You know, um, and I know that's got to make you proud to be able to do that as well, because uh, you know how important it is for artists to be able to tell their story. You know. And they really uh, want to as well. They really want to tell their story because they've they've led an exciting life. And you know, a lot of times when you are no longer on the charts and you don't have that big hit record, but you still have a lot of insight to give upcoming people. You still want to be close to your fans. And um, you mentioned Jerry Heller. I actually interviewed him before he passed. But my my hurt is uh, Von Mason, the guy that did Bounce Rock Skate Roll. I interviewed him, and he passed like two weeks later. And we we stay on the phone. You know, it's like when I interview a person, I just don't interview them and never talk to them again. You know, I, I've I built relationships with a lot of these artists that I have interviewed. So we we become friends over over time. And he passed, and I interviewed uh. Marshall Jones, the bass player from the Wild Players, and I would talk to him literally every day. Man, he was just schooling me on on life and and metaphysics and man, just all kind of crazy stuff. He passed, and Brenda Jones from the Jones Girls, she was cooler than the fan as well. She passed on me, so it's 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 really touchy, man. I lost friends, not just people that I interviewed, so. I do understand yeah. how you feel. Uh, I, I do understand the importance of, of what we really do. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and, and those relationships, they last over the years. You know, um, I could have called Ready Red up anytime I wanted, you know, and he was always there. Just that type of humble individual. Um, <clears throat> you know, who are some of the, uh, you know what I'm saying, when you look back at, you know, 11 years' worth of shows, what are some of your favorite episodes, and who are some of the favorite people that, that you interviewed over the years? Well, let me think about it, because two weeks ago, man, Patrice Russian, man, do you realize it took me over three years to even book this interview? But wow. um, we had a lot in common because we're both from South Central Los Angeles. So, uh, And one of the first shows we ever did was at the high school that she attended back when I was a rapper. So I knew that I, I had the questions right. I've been following her music, but it took me a long time. And then when we did finally 
through the interview, man, we both had a ball. And this was just like two weeks ago. But my most memorable interview, I would have to say, let me see. Man, that's going to be a tough one. Uh, man, I'd have to say Tower Power. I just interviewed Tower Power maybe a month ago. And they were phenomenal. And uh, Lenny Williams was, was, was a great interview as well. Uh, Mickey Howard was was phenomenal. Karen White, uh, shit, man. The Fatback Band, Mass Production, Confunction. Damn, man, it, it's been it's been so many, man. And that right there is what really keeps me going and motivated to continue this because never in a million years would I thought that I'd be able to sit down. And genuinely talk to these people, you know, and it's all the way good, man. I have more fun than they do, and they don't even realize it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every show is a fun, different experience, you know. Um, Like you said, when they don't show, that's a very rare occasion. Um, But uh, they made it back, man. What was it like when Curtis Blow, you finally got to interview him? I imagine you came up listening to his music uh, uh, back in the day, didn't you? Indeed. And uh, we knew each other prior to me even doing radio. Uh, Around the the time of the OJ trial, we were in a studio together in Hollywood. He was uh, up there uh, to see uh, DJ Honda and DJ Utaka from Japan. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but DJ Honda went on to be a great DJ and producer. Yeah, I remember Honda. Uh, yeah, well, they had a studio on on uh, Hollywood and Vine in the Taft Building, world famous recording studio in that building. And Curtis Blow happened to been in there, and I was in there with uh, DJ Latin. And man, we were speaking old English back in the day and freestyling and stuff. So it wasn't like Curtis, you know, didn't know who I was. So, but you know, man, he said he was stuck in the airport. And his phone died, so I had to roll with that. But I was a little bit embarrassed. But see, what I didn't know and was a valuable learning lesson for me is I wasn't supposed to show my apprehensiveness on radio. I was just supposed to keep the show going, you know, and and, and act like nothing ever happened. But I was a little worried. I was frustrated. You know, I'm on the air playing music talking and uh, had my people going crazy trying to get him on the phone and I was just getting hotter and hotter and hotter and I said my composure and you know just just kept the show going so if that situation never rose again I would know how to conduct it and when it did arise again I knew how to conduct it so yeah. So I'm learning an valuable experience that any uh, podcaster or radio host should know because it's bound to happen to whoever you are. So, yeah, real spit. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, do you ever do any like? Uh, do you have like any special episodes like where you do like roundtable conversations? Well, actually, I did do that with. Uh, uh, a guy by the name of Gorgeous Trey. He was a he's an activist now. His brother got killed, and he's a political guy now. But back in the day, he was like one of the world famous pimps, and uh, he was in the movie American Pimp. His name is Gorgeous Trey, Andre Young. Uh, we sat down 
you know, had a very nice talk. And uh, also, uh, I interviewed one of the, the only black female partners of the Johnny Cochran Law Firm. Her name is uh, Faith. Uh, I interviewed her, and she gave a lot of legal information and things that, you know, you could do to get yourself out of bad situations, the correct way to talk with the police, de-escalate situations. You know, she was she's very interested as well. I've interviewed a gang of authors, uh, Al Prophet. I don't know if you ever heard of uh, the American Dope series. Yeah. Yeah, I've interviewed Al Prophet maybe about maybe four months ago, and he told me a lot of insider information. So I just don't grab all of the R&B artists. I'm looking for anybody that's that's stimulating and very interesting. And what led me to Al Prophet, I've always watched those American Dope episodes, and it's like, man, he would be a great guy, man. And for some reason, he was he was accessible more than I actually thought. It, it it was no stress involved in booking him, and we had a great time as well. So it's all good. I, I love I love doing that, man. I love going outside the box and like uh, there's this YouTuber. Uh, he's a comedian named Ticked Off Vic, and uh, he, he gives his his, his uh, thoughts on different things happening in the world. And and uh, I reached out to him and interviewed him and had a great time. And then I I just interviewed a guy uh, who operates Street Beefs. Um, over there uh, on the East Coast. And uh, what he does is uh, he lets people squash their beefs over a good old-fashioned boxing match in his backyard rather than kill each other in the streets. Um, so you find people like that, and you get to hear interesting stories, you know what I'm saying, and and, uh, and also give your listeners a different variety, too, uh, once in a while, you know. Exactly, because that's what it's about, man. It's... Uh... It's basically, to me, it's entertainment plus knowledge because if you can't walk away with something that could possibly save your life or enhance your life for the next day when God wakes you up, I haven't done my job. You know, if I don't give nothing, if I don't leave nothing on your mind or no words of wisdom or inspiration, what the hell have I done? Just spin some music, and it's really not about that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, dropping gems along the way people can pick up. And, you know, um, what about your listeners? You know, I, I have a good uh, relationship with a lot of my listeners. I like to interact with them and stuff. Well, me personally, uh, I have a few avid followers that, you know, religiously listen on Thursday nights. Then I have a few call-ins that, Never want to, you know, give their opinion. Never press one. Then I have a lot of oh. haters. I got a lot of haters that uh, uh, listen online and will never acknowledge that they've listened. Then I have a lot of competitors that listen. So when I give opportunity for the artists to give out their handles or whatever, then they have their pencil and paper to jot down the information because they never would have had access to that artist if it wasn't for me. So, you know, and then two weeks later, I'll hear them booked on another guy's show. So, man, I have a, a myriad of, of listeners. Some are there for the entertainment. Some are there to piggyback what I'm doing. Some are there to try to steal your catchphrases. Some are there to try to steal your music playlist. 
man, this radio, man, it's, it's, it's just as cutthroat as a rap game. But yeah, what I do is I keep, I keep it consistent. I don't play what they play, nor do I say what they say. So that's what's going to always separate me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And people that, that are not doing this don't understand. You're you're 100% right. They come out of the woodwork. And like you said, they're ready to jot down the artist's information. You know, they're ready to, you know, I don't know if you ran into this. I've had a few name drop. Uh, to book a guest, they'll say, "Yeah, we know this guy. You just did an sh- uh, interview with him, and oh yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, you must be legit then." And that's exactly. not cool, exactly. you know. Uh, they don't understand the hard work we got to go through to book these guests. Exactly, exactly. But you, you know, years some people would rather cheat. Some people would rather buy their way into an Ivy League school than actually after get a scholarship and and go to that university and learn. So it's people that want to, you know, slip under the, the crevices like a roach and do it that way. And, man, and those will be the ones that will fall by the wayside. And I'll be the one that will still be standing because I'm true to what I do. So it, yeah. it is what it is. I take the good from the bad. And I understand and respect that that is a part of the game. You know, it, it, man, it's like if you're a rapper and a dude might not bite your rhyme, but he might bite your concept or he might take a couple bars out your hook and, and, and now you hear it on his song. I mean, I had to go through all of that in the rap world already. You know what I'm saying? And my pet peeve is just don't bite my catchphrases, man. I mean, come on, man. Out of all the things, you know, that you could bite from me, why would you want to steal my catchphrase? I mean, come on, man. That ain't fly. Ain't nothing fly. No. Like that. But no. it is what it is. I'm uh, uh, over at your website, uh, tweetcadillac.com, for our listeners that want to check it out. Um, I'm looking at an ad. Is this a book you got coming, Intervision from Rap to Radio Through Radiation? Yeah, man, that's the story of Tweet Cadillac, man. That's my life story, man. Uh, I had to, I had to write something because I've had a hell of a life, and what really saved me. Well, I'm not. Well, I didn't shouldn't say the word "save" me because I'm still here. Uh, what inspired me to really just tell my story was because if a little boy from South Central could do it amidst all of the the uh the poverty and the gang activity and the crack and the riots, man, I was there throughout all of that. And to rise and, you know, end up doing records and getting a gold record and to have seen a lot of cities and did a lot of shows and things of that nature. Only to come back to LA and realize, damn I'm right back here where I started from. What's what's next for me? And then I ended up getting the uh, the cancer scare, which turned my life completely upside down. I didn't. I, I knew I wasn't going to die. The doctors told me I'm not going to die, but they said that I might not get my voice back. And it's like, well, what am I going to do now? You, you feel me? It's like out of all the things that happened to me, why my voice, sir? You know, I, I'm asking God. Why? Well, no, that's 
that's that that's everything I am. That's that's my skill. That's how I make money. And it turned out that I had a tumor on my right vocal cord, and I had to undergo 16 weeks of radiation every day. And believe me, dude, it was no joke. Thank God I had a true guru that stood by me and walked me up into that chamber every morning for 16 weeks until they got that cancer up out of me. So now I just went head first in the radio. It's like, man, this is what, man, I got to do this because it happened as I was doing um, all my radio shows. Then all of a sudden I was like messed up. I could barely talk. You know, I was messed up, man. I mean, really, really, truly messed up. So oh, I said, man, this is what my purpose time, is. Yeah, it's like this is what this is what my purpose is, is to do this radio, even with my voice not being 100%. And after the fact, uh, Wolfless came uh came back at me to do this last they have a Ruthless Family album that just dropped about maybe two months ago and has uh, cocaine and uh, BG Knockout, Racer, uh, Bone, uh, shit, man, uh, 187. Everybody that was basically on, on Ruthless is, is on this new compilation album. And when they reached out to me, I was trying to explain to him, man, my, my voice is really not 100%, and I don't want to embarrass myself, you know. I mean, my conversation is there, but the track was, was out of this world, but I just didn't feel that I was giving it 100% because of my voice. So I talked to a few people, people that I respect, and I went ahead and I did the song, and... He asked me one question. He said, man, did you enjoy doing the record? I said, I did. I just didn't feel like I gave it my best. And he said, well, did you give it your best? I said, I gave it the best that I could. So he said, leave it up to the universe. Don't even worry about it. If they clown you on it, so be it. They don't know what you're going through. And now this morning, I uh, happened to be on social media, and I saw there was clowning the actor that just passed away a, a couple of days ago, Black Panther. And they was thinking that he was on crack because he had lost all of that weight. And little did they know that he was under, you know, man going through that cancer. So he was dying. I of cancer, about yeah, exactly. So when you hear that song, that's on that compilation uh, the name of the stand, what is the name of the song? Uh, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. But the name anyway, of the song is up, song, uh, Back Up. Yeah, Back Up. That's the name of that song. When you hear it, and, and it's like, some people say, hey, man, it's dope, it's dope. But to me, I know that my voice was like maybe 45% maximum on the recording of that old song. Even the engineer was like, man, it's only so much mixing and, you know, it's only so much I could do. They spent days and days to make me sound as good as they possibly could. And to look in the engineer's eyes, you know, and I could see the frustration because I've recorded with him before and he knows what I'm supposed to sound like and he knows what I gave him to work with. I feel better for him than I did for myself. You feel me? 
So that's why I said, man. I'll, well, I like Shrek. I thought you did a great job. Um, and shout out to Sergio, man. That ruthless family disciples of E is, is probably uh, one of the, if not the best projects of 2020. It's phenomenal. I think if E was here, he'd be real happy with it. You know, um, he'd be proud to hear all you guys come together like you did. And um, I want to take my hat off and, and commend and salute you, man, for uh, going through that, man. That's that's such a hard fight. Um, and for you to uh, <clears throat> come back out on the other side, you know, that's that's great, man. Man, it's a strength in the Lord. It's a strength in, in, in my daughters. It's a strength in my girl. And it's a strength in me because I've never been a quitter and Grandmommy so always say a quit, a quitter never wins and a winner never quits. So I've always had that attitude, and I and I still want to be in entertainment. You know, I mean that's my life. So I, I actually found my comfort level, and something that uh, I really know that these R and B songs, and I really know these artists. And when I interview them, a lot of times. I play songs that they forgot, and it blows their mind every time. And I can, I even know what drummer played on it or who did the bass lines, and and they're like, you're so knowledgeable, and we need DJs like you to, to preserve R&B music. And that makes me feel good because I know that I'm one of those guys that really, really know that music. And I wish I would have had a chance to interview Johnny Guitar Watson you know, oh man, I know that man's music like I know Penthouse Players' music. You feel me? That would have been the pinnacle of my career if I could have only interviewed Danny Guitar Watson. And I met him back in the day, back when I was a rapper. And, you know, uh, we was actually going to do a song. Oh, that like? And he passed all men. And he was cooler than the fan. He was cooler yeah. than the fan. And he, and, and he passed. But that would have been a premier interview for me, and I really greatly would have enjoyed that. So I still want to talk to these people, man, before they pass away, man. If God yeah, gives I've, it, I've got to keep it it's a, um, it, it's a It's a humble experience to be able to talk to these guys. Like, um, you know, Easy uh, and Pac, you know, they died like a couple years before I got in the game. So I never had a chance to interview them. So interviewing Erica you know, uh, Easy's daughter, that was like one of the hugest honors, you know what I'm saying, because I'm interviewing, you know what I'm saying, the, uh, a person he created who's continuing to keep his legacy alive. And shout out to Erica Wright, too. She's a uh, um, she's a good girl, man, really doing a lot for uh, her father. They got the new tombstone. Did you see Easy's new tombstone at Cemetery yes, 10 did? I did? Yes, I did. That was pretty yes, dope. Yes, I did. And, uh, I'm not going to say it was about time, but it should have been done from the onset. But, you know, uh, as long as it got done, that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, But, yeah, that song, uh, Back Up, um, that was a dope song. Do you care uh, if I play it while we go to break? I don't care. I'm not embarrassed of it anymore. And uh, once I realized that it really was the best that I could do at the time, I got to stick my chest out because they don't know what I was going through. And I and I still pulled it off. 
And I hope you can, you know, you guys, man, in, enjoy the song, man. That's basically all I can say. But I, I can stand by it and stand on it. There, there you have my last ever recorded song in history. Is it the last up, one? Yeah, man. I haven't done nothing since then, and really don't plan on doing nothing no since then. Well, after and this, that. this is the last one, guys, so uh, I really hope you guys enjoy it. We'll be right back uh, here with Tweed Cadillac. Don't go nowhere. Back up. Flaw 
from down the hall. I don't even have to be in a booth. I don't even have to be near the board. I could be in the bathroom walking down the hall, and the, the door could be open in the session, and I could hear a flaw. You, you feel me? And it's like, ugh, I just... I just like to do a man a hundred percent on everything I do. And my girl is sitting up here looking at me talking about, don't tell him this is your last song because you never know. Your voice might just come back and, and you know, you ain't washed up and stop saying that. I hate when you say that because Michael Jackson said, this is it. And look what happened to him afterwards. And all I had to do was just smile at her, you know. <laughs> all I had to do was smile. But yeah, man, she uh, and the doctor told me said it might come back in a year, or it might not come back in a year. He said it might not come back to 100%, but it might come back to 80%. And some days it's kind of strong, some days it's really not strong. About maybe a couple months ago, for some reason, I was just walking around the house and I said, man, I'm gonna bust a verse and see what I sound like. And I started spitting, and it felt good. You know, I got to, like, four bars, and I'm like, shit. So I kept going right. I'm all excited. I got to, like, about eight bars, and and I'm all right. And then all of a sudden, the, the, the last the last four, I felt kind of funny. So I just stopped, you know, to catch my breath or whatever. But I'm like, damn, it might come back. It might. In fact, I go see the doctor, uh, Next month, for like a follow up, and I have to do like a, uh, it's called a, a, a CT scan where they put you in this machine and put this dye in your arm and they roll you in slow motion and roll you back out. You know, it, it, it's like a, a test to, to see where you at. So, man, we gonna see, man, what's gonna happen. But yeah, man, rap was good to me, man. I rather bow out close to the top than to be on the bottom still trying to rap, you know, because I ain't, I ain't wearing no skinny jeans and I can't even <laughs> rap, so I, I'm yeah. all the way good. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave it at that, bro. man. I ain't going to be uh, like Yeah, Coolio you don't want to do none of that shit anyway. <laughs> I don't want to be like Coolio, man, with, with one long hair in the middle, you know. Hey, man, I, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, man. Yeah, so you know, um, but I still uh, recently I interviewed um, Mac Ten, and um, you know I hope to God there's a West Side Connection reunion. I still want to see it. I still want to see you know, um, you know Run DMC do something. I know Jam Master J ain't here, and it wouldn't be the same. But uh, do an EP, you know, just a, 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 even a song, one song like Ice T uh, uh, about six months ago. A year ago, I think he he dropped a uh, "Feds in My Rearview" two song uh, uh, track or uh, two song uh, video, and uh, I thought that was dope as hell. You know. Uh, yeah. yeah, I remember uh, 2014 when uh, Quick did the Midnight Lab Midnight Life album, and he took me to oh, yeah. some major shows to get down with him, right? And. Uh, Mac Ten was on stage doing full life, and I actually had the mic in my hand because we were. Uh, <laughs> I was backing up Bishop Lamont in the in the wings, and now I find myself doing ad libs in the wings for uh, Mac Ten, 
on for life. And she was fun as fuck. So, man, good dude, good dude. And I was there when they did uh, the remix of that YG song, uh, uh, Back, that, that, that blood song. I happened to be right there with Mac Jen, watching him uh, write his lyrics in the booth when they actually record that song. So, man, he's a good dude, man. Very good dude. Yeah. That was in, like, 2014. So I've had a fun ride, man. Sometimes sometimes you got to take your old ass and, and get in your golf court and, and just lead a course. You feel me? You can't golf forever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And everybody has different ideas of what they want to do and when they want to do it, too. So, you know, um, but whatever whatever it is you do in the future, you know, I wish you nothing but success and good health. I'm glad you beat cancer. You know what I'm saying? Um, I've lost many loved ones, too, including my father. My mom just beat it. She had a, a, a year-long battle with breast cancer, came out on top on the other side, went through uh, chemo and radiation. Um, you know, that's, that's something that, um, people should focus on, uh, putting the money into, you know what I mean? It's like, you got all this money for endless wars and all, all this money for this and that, but you never seem to get the cancer industry to progress. You know, they still have radiation, still have chemotherapy. Um, you know, we need more like my dad, for example, um, he had prostate cancer, and it was advanced. It was stage four. It went to his ribs. And uh, if he could have afforded this immune therapy that would have just killed the cancer cells and not his his, his cells, um, it might have saved his life. But he couldn't afford it. They're, they're like, in order to get to that without money, you have to go through several rounds of chemo. Uh, he only made it through one and a half rounds. So, um, it goes to show you, too, man, it, sometimes it's about the money. You know, uh, sometimes it's a, uh, you know, it's just it's just a fucked it's up situation around the planet. You came out on top, man. Um, it's always about the money. It's always yeah. about the money. First of all, cancer yeah. is big business. Cancer has been big business since the 40s and the 50s. They have cures for a lot of things, yeah. but like you said, it's it's about the money, and it's not cheap at all. If I didn't have health insurance, man, I racked up I racked up over a quarter million dollar bill. Feel me? And when I saw how much all these procedures was costing, and I'm not even talking about once I had to undergo the radiation. That was like $5,000 a session. I had to go every day for 16 weeks. Feel me? I racked up a major bill. So yeah. they can, man, it's all about money, man. It's all about money, man. And the poor and the underprivileged will never beat a lot of ailments. Rich rich people, uh, Hollywood stars that you ain't heard about them for years and years and years, they leave out the hospital, they go home with a home health care nurse, and they die peacefully and they sleep in a Beverly Hills mansion, Surrounded by family and friends, you hear that all too, all too much. Do you feel me? Yeah. Absolutely. So it is what it is, man. Poor people, you can go in, in there with 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 a gunshot and come out in debt. 
because you don't have yeah. no insurance, and now they're garnishing your checks for a medical bill. And wow, man, America, man, this is where we live. Yeah. We got to deal with it. And now we got an yeah. idiot as a president that ain't oh, giving God. a damn about nobody. <laughs> so I don't know yeah, what we're going to do. Yeah, that guy's a nightmare, ain't he? Holy shit. Man, but look, for all the nightmarish things that he's done, look at how many people love his dirty draws. They yeah. ain't seen him do nothing wrong. He's been their president. They still love him to death. And it's like, wow, man. No matter what he and does. These are the people that we have to deal with, you know, in society that love Trump, but they're not going to tell us they're Trump supporters. But we're around them every day, just like we're around uh, everybody every day. You don't know who's who, who's what, who's what. And now we got a pandemic in the midst of all of this as well. It's like, man, this is it's crazy. It, it kind of makes you want to move to Canada or something. You feel me? You want to get out of America because it's I'd messed up. I'd go further up. than that if I could. <laughs> I'd be on the other yeah. side of the world somewhere. You know? Yeah. You cross that pond, man. But, uh, yeah, man, it's it's crazy times. I just hope our kids and grandkids can inherit uh, a better existence at some point in time. You know, um, hopefully things get better. But uh, right now it's looking pretty grim, man. Let's just keep up positive thoughts and hope things get better. But you, uh, Tweed, I want to make sure before we get out of here, everybody knows where to go. Um, when are they uh, going to get your book? Uh, where can they get that at? And when does it drop? Well, I haven't really set a date for it yet. Uh, it, uh, if you have any inquiries, just drop me an email on the website, and, uh, I'll, man, I'll, I'll send it directly to you from there, the website, tweetcadillac.com. Uh, everything is right there, the apparel, the music, uh, the oldie show, uh, videos, pictures, anything you want to know about me over my whole 30-plus year career is right there, TweetCadillac.com. And I'm on social media on IG, TweetCadillac, Facebook, Twitter. I'd rarely be on Twitter, but, you know, man, you get me on Facebook or on uh, IG, I am accessible. You know, as long as you ain't asking me to, you know, get you a beat from DJ Quick, then, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't want to hear no inboxes. Don't send me no skinny jean music. I'm not in the rap game no more. Not really too much I can say for you or really help you in, in, in along those lines. Uh, but if you got something that you want to, uh, you know, chop it up with me about, it could be uh, rap music related. But as long as you're not asking me for a plug, because, shit, I don't do that. You know, I, I, I'm not a middleman, so... It is what it is. Yeah, no I, I feel you on that, no man. nobody, but, man, if I had a dollar for every time somebody asked me, could I hook them up with DJ Quick or, or could I do this or, or you know, uh, uh, could you give me a beat? Man, I'd have been rich a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man, I, I get a lot of that too, man. Uh, after I interview somebody, oh, can you hook me up, man, with a verse? And it's like, no, I can't. You know, um, it's just it's something that's impossible. But, Tweet, before you go, uh, the homie Sim from France, he's got a quick question for you. Um, 
uh, you just calling in. Sin, are you there, brother? Yes, yes, sir. Hi, Scott. Hi, Tweet Kerry, Um Yes, I want to ask you about Panta uh, uh, Player Click, uh, uh, your song, Explanation of a Player. Can you tell us about this one? It was a classic. Oh, man, that was like the first one, man. That was our yes, our first single. And the funny part about it, I really, me personally, I really didn't want that one to be the first single, but Easy was like, this is the one. So that that was our actual debut. And uh, when it hit the charts, it turned out uh, to move up to, I believe, number 18 on the rap charts was at the peak. And it opened up the door for that whole album. Very fun song to do. Uh, as a matter of fact, the sample, uh, if you can hear it, uh, Quick did it. The sample came from a Cool in the Gang song. And I was lucky enough about three months ago to interview Robert Bell, the bass player, the, the, uh, the man that founded Cool in the Gang. So it's been a complete 380-degree turn in be able to interview the guy that we use his sample to, you know, to blow up in the game. But yeah, man, that was the first single. Uh, the video was shot in at the Hollywood Athletic Center. Everybody's in the video, easy. Everybody, quick. Myself, Blair Ham, man, it was a a fun time. The girl in the cage. Uh, her name is Monique. She was an original Soul Train dancer. Oh man, it was man a very very fun time. Oh yeah, and you, you got also a dope song. It was in 1990. It was they don't know. It was in vinyl too. It was a, a dope classic too back in the day. Yeah, that song was inspired yeah. by uh, uh, Jimmy Hendrix. One day, we walked in the studio, and Quick was messing around with some Jimmy Hendrix, and it was like wow, man. When I heard that track, it's like wow. It was just so different. And uh, the guy that's singing the chorus is a guy that happened to live across the street from us. He always was like a wannabe singer. You know, he had never really had a record or anything. He had never even sang publicly. But he said, man, give me a chance. And he said, man, go on in the booth. Let's see what you can do. And he went in the booth, and he pulled it off, and he ended up getting on that song. Yeah, man, that was a very powerful song, man. To say the least, the words was there, the attitude was there, and that's really how we felt at that time, man. So yeah, man, that was a great song as well. I'm I'm, I'm yes, glad sir. that France enjoyed it. Glad that you enjoyed <laughs> it, my brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen to real music. Stretched around the globe. Yes, sir. Well, thank you, uh, thank you for calling in, Sin and uh, Tweet. Yes, sir. Thank you uh, for taking the time out to uh, chop it up with us, brother. I really appreciate you. Oh man, man, you know, man, I'm I'm here for those that 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 need me and want me. So, man, if you ever need me or want me, man, all you gotta do is hit me up, man. I'm good. I got your back man. in front of your side, sir. And thank you, Tweet. You take care, brother. Um, everybody, make sure to support Tweet Cadillac, TweetCadillac.com. We're going to give them this backup track one more time off the new album, Ruthless Family, Disciples of E. Shout out to Sergio, Ruthless Propaganda. We'll see you guys real soon. Make sure to check out 93.Tweet FM every Thursday night. 
Cadillac.com. Yep. 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific time. You can listen in France. BlogTalkRadio.com. Backslash 933 